Hi, my name is Les Heron, and this is my podcast, The Journey Life with Les Heron. Super glad you're here today. We are going to continue our series on the demonic, sort of on the demonic. It's really why do we struggle with what is common in Scripture. I spoke on it last week. We went over three reasons why we struggle with having good conversations or having good beliefs, solid beliefs, uh, scriptural beliefs around or about the demonic, but I don't want to just think about the demonic. I want to think about even spiritual warfare, where Jim Sim and I did a podcast two weeks ago, uh, exploring that, looking at that from a different perspective. And but I want us to think about like why do we struggle with things like the demonic that are very common in Scripture, but we struggle with believing them or applying them or seeing them in our lives. And just right off the top of my head, I would say that this idea of idolatry, you know, we see it all through the old Testament and even in Paul's writings in the, in the new Testament, at least to the church at Corinthians, a lot talking about food to idols and things like that. We see that throughout even acts. And, and so we see it a lot, but we don't ever think about, wait, how are idols actually in my life and what idols am I serving and what idols am I worshiping and sacrificing to and which idols am I turning to, to make me happy make me successful, make me have a good year. We struggle really with applying these things. And so that's what I want this series to do is to help us realize there's a there's a Decepticon, a transformer called the devil, the father of all lies. And he's a deceiver and he's deceiving us constantly that there are no demons. He's deceiving us constantly that there is no need to enter into the presence of God that it's just something that, you know, we are always in the presence so we don't have to have this other experience in the presence during worship, during prayer, during times of uh, encountering him in kind of very tangible ways. So I want to look at that. I'm going to ask you to please subscribe to however you're listening to me on iTunes. Subscribe there. Spotify, subscribe there for the podcast. My main stuff comes from Substack. You can find me at lheron.substack.com. Uh, you've got most of you are listening to this via iTunes and the Substack app. Some of you on YouTube, but man, just keep liking my stuff, sharing my stuff. That would be awesome. I'd appreciate it a lot. So by the time this podcast is released, definitely by the time you're listening to it, I will have released the devilish dialogues on amazon on kindle this week and it will be free for a few days um and then it will be 99 cents for a week or two then it'll go up to a a normal price i put it as low as i can i've done a free um a free promotion on it so i can give it away on kindle for free man i would love it i would appreciate it if you'd get a free copy or a 99 cent copy Read enough of it that you can give me a five-star review, all right? And if you could share when you get my email with um, with the link in it for the free Kindle, this uh, it, when, whenever you get it, or if you see it on my Facebook profile, man, I would love it if you would share that with people. That really helped me out. I really enjoyed writing the book. I got a lot from the book myself. And I got a lot from reading uh, and correcting it over and over and over again. And, man, I'd appreciate it a lot. 
All right, so let's get, let's get into this fourth reason why we seem to struggle a lot with what is common in Scripture, specifically why we struggle with the demonic, and that is our theological interpretation. I don't think we understand how deeply embedded theology is in us, and I love this phrase that all theology is wrong, some is just useful. I'm going to say that again. All theology is wrong. Some is just useful. So, so we don't throw it out because it's wrong. We just know that every time, every time we make an attempt to describe the beauty and majesty and the largeness, the bigness of God or anything in Scripture like grace or peace or joy— Anytime we seek to describe that, we are going to fall short. You could teach on joy for a decade. You could say joy for a decade. And I think you would just go deeper and deeper and deeper and broader and broader and broader and higher and higher and higher. I think that's with every text in the Bible, every everything we would we would want in our life that we would say that we're promised for abundant life. And so I'm not anti-theology. I think theology needs to put things in a box, but then we say, I'm only going to look in the box. I'm not going to discover what's everywhere else around me. And by discover everything else around me, I do mean within the context of scripture, but not within the context of theological teaching that's been handed down for generation to generation. Yes, we anchor to some of those things in the in, 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 in the past, yes, we anchor ourselves to the New Testament and the Old Testament, the New Testament redeeming um, the, the Old Testament. And so the theological interpretation gets in the way of a lot of the best things in Christianity, all right? It's like the theological interpretation, really good, strong, exact teaching is awesome, and then it's also awful. It's awesome because it can set us down a right path, but it is not the path. Jesus is the path. And so when we read scripture and we see Jesus casting out demons, we see Jesus relating with a demonic man, we see Jesus doing these things, and then we read it in the rest of the New Testament, we have to go, okay, my theological interpretation, I'm not going to allow myself to read this solely through my theological interpretation. I will, I will read it with the Holy Spirit as my guide, okay? Now, there's a lot of ways to interpret biblical text related to demons and everything else, and some texts may interpret some people may interpret these texts metaphorically or symbolically rather than literally and that can lead to different beliefs about the nature and existence of demons all right i'm 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 more prone to find out is it metaphorical or symbolical or some sim, symbolical symbolical yeah yeah that would be right all right it didn't sound right after i said symbolically all right but and then what is also literally, but to to parse those out, but not to conveniently take what we don't like and say, well, that's metaphorically, well, that's symbolically, okay? Because the demonic in the gospel stories are not metaphors and they're not symbolic, okay? 
So I think Christians who don't believe in demons or the demonic, I don't mean in a structured theological way, they just don't believe it. I think that they've done simply what uh, most of us do very often with the very real and present nature of the Holy Spirit. We're like, the demonic doesn't make sense, doesn't line up with my theology, so therefore won't talk about it, won't think about it, I won't aim at it, it's not a, ever a problem in my life or anybody's life, and the very way with the Holy Spirit, the present, real, tangible, manifest in your life, Holy Spirit, your comforter, your guide, your Holy Spirit life coach, oh, nope, too weird, too too mystical, don't understand it, can't control it, and people who, who like the Holy Spirit that way, they're weirdos, all right, they always fall off off the cliff, they always go too far with it. So therefore, nope, my theology will box that out and I'll keep it out of my box of how the Holy Spirit functions. I won't, I don't not believe in the Holy Spirit, I just believe in the Holy Spirit in my theological box, my theological interpretation, okay? It's the same with the demonic. You might go, yes, it's in scripture and yes, there might be demons in certain places, but in this box here, I don't ever have to think about it or deal with it. So, and that entails, or that ent the, so what follows is like, why is it so easy for us to just throw out scripture out of our thinking, out of our mindset, the things that feel hard for us, the things that seem messy? Here's one don't be anxious for anything. We won't, we will hardly quote that scripture right now because everybody has permission to be anxious for everything and it's not their fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Biden's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's a conspiracy theory's fault. It's a conspiracy theorist's fault. It's somebody, it's, it's my spouse's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's just life. You have to worry about life. I have no other choice. So our theological interpretation, we throw out the don't be anxious for anything. We throw out that there's peace that passes all understanding because we've never experienced it. And our theology is like, this is what peace looks like. These are my five steps towards peace. And that's all. And it's that five steps towards peace isn't a peace that passes understanding. And again, I'm not against three steps, five steps, a dozen steps. Those are necessary scaffolding to teach about peace or the demonic i'm giving you six reasons okay I've, I've other times i've given you, you know four of these things and i'm not opposed to that i just want there those to be scaffolding to get to where we're going the ladders built for us to continue on this journey continue up this mountain continue through this valley all right I, I don't think anybody's ever said this, but I think what happens when we read scripture or we hear somebody preaching or talking about something that we're uncomfortable with, we're like, hey, that part's messy. It's confusing. Makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know how to describe it to people. The people who do believe this stuff seem to be weird. So why don't we just say it doesn't exist outside of the New Testament and the beginning of the early church? 
You know, it's the teachings of Jesus that seem embarrassing that so many of the followers of Jesus left at that time when he was talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Their, their theological interpretation couldn't contain what Jesus had for them. And what, I'm, what, I, what I would like to say in this is like that when it comes to the demonic and or the Holy Spirit or some of these really cool things about being a Christian— I think we've got to get over feeling embarrassed. I think we've got to get over our our own theological interpretation. I think some of us need to have some healing from really good teaching and really strong mindsets of different things. You know, the journey life is really about living out fully into what is possible. The journey life is really when I when, when I when I think about the journey life, the moving forward, the stepping into new places, new spaces, new experiences, new possibilities, new hopes, dreams, future. No matter where you're at now, where you used to be, or where you think it's not possible for you, the journey life has said it is possible. So the journey life is about living out fully into what is possible from what was done at the cross. Okay. Not trying to keep our current reality boring, safe, and sound, okay? We don't want to keep our current reality safe and sound because that puts us in control in a wrong way. So if we don't want it to be, you know, our current reality to protect that and keep it safe and sound and boring, that means we got to explore and discover new things and new things you think we all think oh we like new things but most of us only like new things that we have a handle to put it on that well it's like this and I already I already know this so I now like this so I did this now this new thing is exciting but there's some things theologically that I think if we could get a a, a, a different mindset we would be able to see more and discern more in the spiritual realm of the demonic and of the work of the Holy Spirit, concentrating more on the work of the Holy Spirit, even though I have concentrated a lot on the, the demonic, okay? But to live out the abundance that is promised to us in Scripture because of Jesus is to start to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable meditating and being in the presence of God believing you can be in the presence of God, believing you can hear God, believing he will talk, He is talking to you, believing that you can experience his love and his affection, believing you can experience joy unspeakable, and you can experience the peace that passes understanding. All right? So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, I'm going to read it here. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Would then not the stories in the passages of the Bible that are demonic also be God-breathed, that we can be taught by, that we can be rebuked by, that it's useful for being corrected? and being trained up in righteousness? Or do we just leave out the scriptures we don't like and only use the ones that we do like, all right? So can we be completely equipped and ready to perform every good work that we were created to, form, to, to perform if we leave out a big part called the demonic? 
All right, this is number two for this podcast, but it's actually number five in this list of reasons why we struggle with what is common in Scripture, focusing again on on the demonic, and uh, um, and this the, 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 the second one of this podcast is psychological or emotional factors. Now, some people may find the idea of demons frightening or unsettling, and that may lead them to resist to believe in them, or I think a lot of times fear doesn't just lead us to resist. I think fear leads us to numb ourselves and just protect ourselves by not thinking about it. So when it rises up, it brings up a lot of fear. So we 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 shut it down. All right, which always becomes a problem because then we can never talk about those things that are we're afraid of. So and other people may like struggle with the idea of the demonic due to past problems or negative experiences associated with the demonic you know i've heard stories of people that do weird things you know with their with their kids when it comes to casting out demons and stuff like that and that's just that's just an odd odd thing so and this one this emotional factor again just like the theological uh reason uh, i think that the emotionally we don't realize how when we hear something, our emotions rise up and it like takes charge and we make decisions. I'm not going to listen to this preacher again. I'm not going to read this kind of book again about, about the demonic. I'm not going to do this again. And, and, and it takes over. It's like our, it's like our, our lizard brain, our old brain comes in and leads the charge when it really our intellect should be should be thinking through what is scripture saying and then our emotions coming into alignment with that whenever it comes to fear first john 4 18 is of course a great scripture there's no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love now i've heard that scripture used like how we should love people and then they won't be afraid and i think that's like completely wrong Okay, let me say that again. We are supposed to love people, but there is no perfect love in how I love people. What, what, what we want to do is we want to do what John the Baptist did. We want to bring people in, teach them, love them, or whatever, and then we want to, when Jesus walks by, so when Jesus walks by, the, the, the disciples, Paul, John's disciples go and they follow Jesus. We need to keep that in mind. So whenever it comes to fear for us as Christians, we really need to go to 1 John 4, 18, which says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, the thing is, this is not my love that drives out fear. It's not my love of somebody who's afraid that drives out fear. Now, it could be, but it's generally this it's not it is really god's love for me the the more i recognize the more i believe in the more i think about the more i experience god's love the less fearful i am okay and the less fearful i am the more i love the more i am loved the more i can love and the more than that the love of god within me can help drive out fear within people okay so whenever there's any fear that comes up, you're like, oh, wait, am I not in God's love when it comes to talking about the demonic? Am I, what, what is causing me to be afraid, okay? 
it's it's always it's always something that you're choosing to think about and you're thinking about that something without God as the foundation of your conversation okay now i do understand when it comes to our psychological or emotional makeup is there is there's two groups of people well there's of course there's more than two but some people absolutely love the idea of demons okay it gives them something to be busy about it gives them something to learn about feel like they have a special call on their life but i think the problem is is that People like that often feel less responsible for their lives because there's nothing they can really do. It's the demons. Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil did this. The devil did that. What can I do? They get so busy chasing demons that, and they don't hold themselves responsible for the bad things going on in their lives. And the singular, the singular solution is to cast out demons, which often, surprisingly so, their theology often dictates that casting out demons is really, really hard to do instead of quite easy once we identify that the cause is spiritual, the cause is demonic, and we walk in our identity as God's children, as God's ambassadors here on earth. Now, the other set of people hate the idea of demons for just the, the, the opposite reason, because they want to be in complete control of their lives. They don't want to have one single thought that there is something whispering in their ear. There is something offering them deception, distraction, temptation. All right. And those kind of people are like that. The, the extreme responsibility people, it's like, Responsibility, yes, but on steroids. Using self-control in a wrong way to control themselves, not the gift of self, not the fruit of self-control, not the Holy Spirit self-control. They often get so busy working extremely hard that they miss the real work or the real battle underneath of what is going on in their lives. They absolutely miss the spiritual battle. So the group that looks at everything as demon, all right, as de demonic, misses the, they've got good works to do. The group that says there's no demons, they're missing that there's a spiritual battle at hand. We have a great um, image in Nehemiah going back to rebuild the wall. They have, they have an image there of, you know, there, there's, there's enemies in the land, but there's also work to be done. So they're, they're, they're working. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work. Wax on, wax off. Okay, but they've also got a hand on their sword down here. All right, and that's we 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 constantly need to be working and prepared for spiritual battle. Now these two extremes can be found all over the place, but there's there's a balance there. And the third alternative is to trust Jesus that He's spiritual and perfect and lovely if he experienced the demonic while he walked on earth then we will probably experience the demonic while we walk on earth in our own lives and in the lives of people that we meet on the journey okay add to that 
that the more we believe in the spiritual or the tangibility, is tangibility even a word? The tangibleness of the Holy Spirit, we will, I think, then believe more in the tangibleness of the demonic. Again, highlighting, pursuing, learning more, 98% more about the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God and the presence of God than the demonic. Because in his presence, we will begin to be equipped to discern, to see, to cast out the demonic, okay? So there's that third alternative, to trust Jesus, okay? Think about this, though. If in your marriage, you're like, it's absolutely a demon, or my spouse just needs to do this for 30 years, you know, you keep fighting the same thing. Well, it, it could be true that there's something demonic, but there's ways to work on it. And so it's it's in our marriages, there might be some emotional, psychological fear that you have that you don't want to pray about your kids because you don't want to see the demonic influence in their life. You might have struggled with finances all your life, and you might have a demonic mindset, a sensuous demonic mindset that triggers you emotionally and keeps you from being any good at your finances, from increasing your finances, from decreasing your spending, from keeping the the rats from your, you know, from your prized possessions, keeping the, you know, the mildew and mold off the stuff that you love. It could be true of your physical health. There might be something in your physical health, in the way you think, in the way you deal with stress, that's a demonic influence that's keeping you from optimal health, optimal weight, good, healthy relationship habits. So the demonic, I think, even our relationships, if you have, if you constantly have a relationships that don't work out well, I don't mean with a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend and things like that. I mean, at work, just in general friendships, then there might be a demonic belief, a mindset that's got you trapped because of good theology that's created some emotional or psychological factors that you've not been able to be set free from yet. And let me guarantee you, you can be set free. By the way, there's nothing you cannot be set free from. There's nothing you cannot be forgiven for. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. That's how amazing the gospel of Jesus Christ is. All right, this third reason. This third reason is a little bit similar to the first one we talked about in the last podcast, scientific worldview, but that's 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 going to be different than exactly what I'm talking about on this one. So but I want to cover intellectual because I think the intellectual part really impacts us again a lot more than we're aware. Um, a lot of people might wrestle with the logic or the, the the logic or reasonableness of demons because intellectually it seems odd. Now, I like to think of it as um, the, the demonic is on a spectrum. 
you know, you've got you've got the big boss Satan. You've got all the way down here to like these these minions, these irritating ones, and everything in between. But also, there's actually mindsets that are demonic that have been like implanted by whispers in culture by your own self by what your what your parents called you or told you or did you growing up and their demonic strongholds put into your intellectual into your into your mind and i think that these these intellectual things often trigger chemistry of the brain and um they shift how we can see and experience life and even how we can see and experience and read scripture okay now I once took a young lady years ago, probably 15 years ago, to see a friend of mine. It was a Sunday afternoon. He was a counselor and had a a counseling firm, and she was having a mental breakdown. I thought, um, people around me thought that, so I took her to see him. I got to sit in with him and her. They talked for about an hour. She left later on that that next day. I asked him, I said, um, I asked my buddy, is this spiritual, mental emotional or physical and i love his answer his answer was like yes yes it is so just because there's intellectual things that happen um or that we want to get right does not mean that the demonic does not exist just because we like to think of oh this this mental problem is physical or this mental problem is their weak of mental capacity just because we like to think that doesn't mean that god thinks that way god definitely made us body soul and spirit physical body mind emotions will and then spirit okay and so these things are wrapped together pretty tightly in most of us and and we can say well i'm not very emotional it just means that we haven't felt our emotions. We haven't taken time to explore and discover our emotions. Okay. Um, so there are things. And, and I want to say that just because I believe in the demonic does not mean I don't think that psychological issues exist. Just because I believe in the demonic doesn't mean that I don't believe that people just get physically ill. Okay. Um, Just because I believe in the spiritual aspect is the most important part of you doesn't mean I don't think your mental, emotional health or your physical well-being isn't important. I just think that your spiritual health is number one, and it it will shift your mental and emotional health, which will shift your physical health. Okay. I don't think the intellectual is at odds with the spiritual unless we allow it to be if we hold the intellectual and the spiritual lightly and lightly the contradiction the tension you'd say i like the tension better than the contradiction we let it be there we don't we don't have to try to prove we do want to work out and we look for proof we look for fruit but we speak to the holy spirit about it we ask god to teach us we look in scripture holding them holding them together but also that we are looking at it from a spiritual sense because the, our spirit is what goes on for eternity. So I'm going to wrap up here with a couple of scriptures, but I'm going to end with a, a, a brief five-minute look at the de- demons in uh, the New Testament, okay? 
But I want So what I'm going to do, I'm going to end here uh, with two scriptures that kind of sum up, I think, this whole thing. And then I'm going to, in that part, then I'm going to take five, six minutes, and I'm going to just share some scriptures of the demonic in the New Testament to show you how common it really is, okay? And if you're reading through, like, the Gospels, just go through and circle all the all the demonic activity in there. I think you'll find it super fascinating. Just keep an eye out for it as you're reading uh, Scripture this year. And I hope you are reading Scripture every day and maybe once a, once or twice a week, like studying Scripture for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes at a time. So you're getting that daily, but you're also getting the, the bigger meal of Scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So we want to submit to him in our relationship. We want to submit to him as we're reading scripture. We want to submit to him and trust in him when it comes to our finances, comes to raising our children, all of those things. Being aware that we will always want to lean on our own understanding. It is a natural thing to want to lean on our our own understanding. And a lot of people, I think, take the scripture says we don't need any understanding. We don't need any intellectual understanding. We don't need any reasoning. I don't think that's what the scripture is saying. I think the scripture is saying is don't lean on your own understanding, but utilize your understanding as you lean on his understanding. I think that gives us the the powerful one-two punch of wisdom, okay? In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight, all right? And so when it comes to the demonic, when it comes to things we struggle with, stop leaning on your own understanding. Figure figure out what his understanding is in these areas of your life that you're struggling with. If you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're lonely, if you're unhappy, if you don't have peace, if you don't think you have enough money, if you think you have enough money but you're afraid it's going to go away, all of these types of things like are things that we can go to him and chat with him about, all right? It's a brilliant setup for us to always have a friend. That's what Jesus is for us. Always, I always have a friend to talk to. I don't have to text him. I don't have to get on Facebook, all right? And then Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we've got to remember there's thoughts to be had. He's not saying you don't, you can't understand my thoughts, I don't think. I don't think he's saying that you can't uh, uh, find out what his ways are. I think we can. I think he, as his children, he gives us permission to know all of his thoughts, Probably not. To know all of his ways? Probably not. I would say, I don't know why I'm saying probably. It's probably definitely not. But but his ways are so much bigger. It's like it's like the grain of sand to the mountain. Like I'm the grain of sand, he's the mountain. He's the he's the 14,000 uh, foot high uh, of the sea level elevation mountain in Colorado, one of the 14ers, and I'm the grain of sand on the beach. And that, that's that's the that's the the difference of our size. Yet he says, hey, I, I, I see you as bigger than that. I want, and, and so I think he, he gives us permission to access so much good stuff. And we don't have that good stuff often because we don't ask. All right, so in the New Testament, 
demons are often portrayed as evil spirits that possess and torment people. Surprise! If you didn't know that, demons are often portrayed as evil spirits that possess and torment people. They're associated with Satan or the devil, and they oppose the work of God. We see demons in Jesus' ministry and throughout the Gospels. Uh, the big, big example that we probably all, all know is in Mark chapter 5, where Jesus cast out a whole bunch of demons out of one singular man and into the herd of pigs and the herd of pigs they take off and they run off a cliff and they'll fall into the ocean all right so then jesus also teaches about the demonic in matthew 12 and again it's probably a little bit common to us but in matthew 12 it says in verse 43, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Man. Jesus is teaching about demons, and we stay away from it. Jesus cast out demons, yet we stay away from it. We also see in Luke 10 that the 72 disciples go out. They've been on commission to go door-to-door -door witnessing, and they come back super excited with great joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. This like directly reflects the belief that Christ's authority extends to his followers in dealing with demonic powers. Christ's authority, the same authority that Jesus had to cast out demons, is our authority and power to cast out demons. All right? That's Luke 10, 17. All right? And notice, by the way, that when Jesus sent them out, he did not say, go cast out demons. He said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. I don't know why I wanted to add that, but it's interesting that they came back and said, Eve, 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 there's more than heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come to you. There's a manifestation of the kingdom of God coming, and that means the demonic has to flee. All right, we also have... Satan and his demons uh, highlighted in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. First, there's no tangible physical armor of God. You can't get it on Amazon. You can't get it on GodChristian.com, Amazon. Second, your stand is against the unseen. So, therefore, the armor is unseen. That doesn't mean it's not tangible. That doesn't mean it's not real. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not real. Third, the unseen you're fighting has schemes against you. Why is that so hard to believe? It seems really difficult. Look, your kid's not doing well. Your 12-year-old, your 8-year-old, your 40-year-old, your 60-year-old. There is an enemy that is scheming against your peace your joy your hope your future your family your kids your grandkids and your great grandkids all right then we also have uh demons in the end times in revelation 16 we have also in first corinthians 10 
20 and 21, Paul warns that sacrifices to idols are really sacrifices to demons, emphasizing that idols are fake. Idols have no power, except when you sacrifice to them, demons are attracted to that and then empowers them because of the demonic. Okay. And lastly, this is not uh, in the New Testament, but it's pretty clear in that the beliefs and practices in the early church that the early Christian community engaged in practices such as exorcism as part of their ministry. The casting out of demons in the early church through, I mean, I don't mean just the New Testament church, but for the first, first couple hundred years was seen as a sign of the kingdom of God. All right. So I want to encourage you to not look for the demonic, but to, to, to just ask the Lord, Father, Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that is a demonic stronghold? Something tangible, something, is there something I'm watching that's inviting demonic ideas? Is there something that's inviting in, in my home that's inviting fear, anger, bitterness, judgment, depression? Holy Spirit, is there something in what I believe that opposes you that's a demonic, sensuous belief that might even been started by somebody's good teaching that I took wrongly, and it's a foundation that needs to be broken up. Well, I'm going to end right there. I'm going to be praying for you, and I have been praying for you about the demonic, that you would have an awareness of that in your life, what's happening with that, not that you would get carried away and become a weirdo about it, but that you would be aware of the spiritual schemes of the enemy against you, but that you'd be even more, much more aware, 98% awareness of the Holy Spirit, one or 2% of the demonic. All right. All right. God bless you.